good friend of mine. Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today is my co-pilot, Jeff Harding. Jeff, tell me how you're doing today. I am doing well, Kyle. You're doing well. I'm feeling good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I do I'm doing little, good. I do have a little bit of a frog in my throat, but that's yeah. okay. He'll, he's got a home there. He's going to stay there, but we'll try, and, we'll try and get him to move around <laughs> clear, a little bit. Clear him out if you need to every yes, once in a while. Yes. So, Jeff, I want to ask you a question. All right. Does it come as a surprise to you to know that exercise is good for you? Actually, that one does not come it as a surprise. It doesn't surprise you at all, right? We've been doing the show <laughs> on top of that. Fact. And even, I'll bet you, even before we started doing the show, you had an idea that exercise was good for I you. I had an inkling of an idea. You've, you've yes. heard that before, right? I did notice that when I actually exercised and got out and was doing stuff, I always felt better than when I didn't. So, yeah. So, I think we all know that. Yeah. I think that's a given. To, to me, that's not the question. The question to me is how much exercise mm-hmm. and what to do. Right. Like I want to make sure that I, I, I want to make sure that I'm trying to get the, the most benefit out of the exercise that I'm doing. Right. The biggest bang for your buck. Yeah. I want, I want to understand that. So there's all kinds of schools of thought on what's the best way to go and how much is the best amount to do. But there's okay. a, there's a, an article that I found in Best Life Online Magazine. And they found a, a new research study that found that walking for just 40 minutes several times a week reduces the risk of heart failure in postmenopausal women by 25%. Well, you had me up until the postmenopausal. Now, that I doesn't do apply that. to you, no, but, but I'm going to guess that over. walking 40 minutes several times a week was is still beneficial to well, you. Well, you know, there is, a man, there is a male menopause, so... It could probably apply to men, but not as... I don't, I don't know that it has much to do with the menopause or the hormones. I just think that getting out and getting your heart pumping right. is good for you, right? At any age. So this is research that was presented at the American College of Cardiology's 67th Annual Scientific Session. So they've been around, they've been for, around a for a long yes. time. They found, like I said, that walking for 40 minutes several times per week reduces the risk of heart failure in postmenopausal women by 25%. To me, that's huge. That is. That's a, that's a, that's a huge... Um, reduction of a huge percentage of of, uh, of heart problems. For a large popul- segment of the population. But listen to this. It gets even better than that as far as the, the huge numbers are concerned. The study analyzed the correlation between walking and cardiovascular health among 89,000 women. So it was a, an expansive study. This is not a study. small study. This That's was an expansive study. study. They studied women over the age of 50 for more than a decade. Wow. So like when... When they're putting these numbers out there, these are numbers you can count on. Yes, these are these are, these are significant. Numbers, yes. So they found that the benefits of walking were consistent regardless of a woman's woman's weight as well. Wow. So it's interesting too that it's not necessary to power walk. They found that just moving at an average to fast pace is enough to reap all the health benefits. So like yeah. That that's important information, I think. Oh, I think it is. I, I know as a, as a male in in that same category, the walking reduces my stress. It, there's a lot of benefits that come with walking. Tons of benefits, right? That Tons I know as, as as a male, yeah. Not the least of which is that it can reduce your risk of heart failure by twenty five percent. That's a huge one. That's a lot. So, Doctor Samwali Rosala, who is the cardiology fellow at Saint Vincent Hospital, said. We actually looked at women with four different categories of body mass index, and we found that the same inverse relationship existed between walking behavior 
and the risk of heart failure. So it doesn't matter what your BMI is. It doesn't matter if you're overweight. It doesn't matter if you're obese. You can still get this dramatic 25% uh, decreased risk benefit from walking 40 minutes a day, several days a week. Well, if that doesn't motivate you to get out and walk, I don't know what does. So so here's, here's the thing. Most people, I think, still consider heart disease a male disease. Well, they do, I think yeah. that's kind of the perception out there. But the fact of the matter is, is that it is not. It affects women dramatically. In fact, heart disease continues to be the number one killer among women in America, claiming the lives of approximately 500,000 women a year. Wow. So listen, women in particular, but everyone in general, just get out there and move. Yeah. Something really is better than nothing. And walking can significantly lower some pretty serious health risks. Well, and, and and you put it on the emotional side. There's a lot of families that are losing their mothers or their wives to this or their disease, or their grandmothers, and or maybe just, unnecessarily. Yeah, that's what that would right? Be with it, right. Yeah. So I think that we can build on that concept with today's guest, probably Tiffany Gust, one of our favorite experts that we get to have regularly on the show, is joining us today. Tiffany holds a bachelor's degree in exercise science from the Utah State University, with a minor in dance, which I think is pretty cool. She is a certified USA triathlon coach, USA master swim coach, and is a weight management specialist. She also has a master's degree in sports nutrition from Concordia University of Chicago, among many, many other things. And today with Tiffany, we're going to talk a little bit about functional training. But welcome to the show, Tiffany. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. And before we jump fully into the functional training, tell me your thoughts on this study. Well, I think it's a great study and uh, walking is something that everyone can do or most everyone can do and it doesn't require a lot of equipment right and it's something you can do most anywhere if it's cold outside you can go inside the mall and walk around the mall or find some places to walk so I definitely agree with that study and I think that anything that we can do to prevent anything cardiovascular related is a bonus for us in the long run so absolutely and I think that um, again I just want to emphasize a 25 percent reduction in your risk that's that's massive and as we know and we've talked about this a lot on the show Jeff but the connection between your heart and your brain are so important as well so if your heart is healthy in many cases those benefits translate to your brain and of course that translates to everything your whole body that's right so again it's worth getting out there and moving. At your pace, but it's worth getting out there and moving. So that's awesome. Let's talk about functional training. First of all, Tiffany, tell us what is functional training? That's a word that's kind of tossed around, but what does it mean? So functional training is something that would allow you to do your everyday activities. And uh, I can speak from a an athlete point of view as well. So we are so busy engaging in our activities and, you know, we just finished up the Huntsman Senior World Games here. Games are completed for the year. Um, You know, what are the athletes doing right now that will help them next year? Um, You know, there's a lot of things that you can do to move into that pattern, but um, just everyday activities um, to help us be more functional in our everyday activities is going to help us with our sports performance as they link together. So so basically anything that you're doing that just helps you live your life is functional training. So Absolutely. So is is bench press functional training that's not necessary. It is. Absolutely. Okay. So a bench press would allow you to lift something 
And, you know, we throughout our day, we're engaging in different activities where we may need to push something away from us. A a bench press is is that pushing motion. So pushing um, as we age, maybe pushing open a heavy door or pushing a heavy cart or something like that. Okay. Or pushing yourself up off the floor. Absolutely. So those all link together. And if you can take those movement patterns and realize how they do fit into your everyday living. So you nailed it. Awesome. So it sounds like um, almost anything could be functional just depending on how you approach it, right? Absolutely. Okay. Very cool. So let's jump into it then. What are the functional movement components when we're talking about functional training that we should be focusing on, especially as we age? So the, there, are, there are quite a few, and I'm going to kind of narrow it down just for time's sake today. But um, obviously, muscular strength, muscular power, muscular endurance, cardiovascular, uh, range of motion, um, your gait, just the, the cycle of that stepping pattern and moving forward. There's, so, there's several mechanisms there that are functional about that. Um, and be able, being able to strengthen those muscles as they move through that pattern. Um, so flexibility is a huge one as well. That's, um, stretching, <laughs> especially as you age. So Tiffany must, uh, remember, or has heard the show. We, we do refer to flexibility regularly on this show as a very important aspect of overall health and wellness, but also as a challenge that the two of us tend to have. Both struggle with that. <laughs> so you talked about several things, flexibility, cardiovascular, um, strength training as well. Uh, I'm assuming resistance training fits very well into that. Yes. Talk a little bit about functional resistance training that someone could incorporate into their daily life. So let's talk about, you brought up the bench press. So I want to bring up the squat, which is okay. you know, a lot of people tell me, I can't do a squat. I have bad knees or it hurts this or hurts that. And and there is some truth to that or there's some yeah, a way that we can work around that. They're telling you the truth, right? <laughs> they are telling me the truth. But what we want to realize is that we are doing squats all day long. Getting up and down out of a chair chair, is a squat. And so we want to increase the functionality as we age, that ability to get up and down out of that chair. Um, At the Live Well Center, we uh, promote um, activities of daily living or functional movement patterns. Um, We really focus on those movement patterns, again, as we age. So one of the things that we like to do is we use a a 17-inch folding chair. Um, It seems very low to the ground, um, but it is... Uh, functional and and if I can say this freely, it's it's the about the height of a public restroom. Yeah. So a, as you go toilet, out right? to yeah. the community, or even a private one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we want to make that functional. I mean, in your homes, you can you can raise the level of your chairs. You can have those higher chairs, or you can have you know handles on the you know railing on the side or right. an arm on the side. But just being able to do those functional things and building the strength of those legs. So that's just one way to do a squat wall sits. Um, can help build that muscular strength and build that functionality of that movement pattern that we're engaging in. And so it sounds like it's just practice, right? So, Absolutely. so just practicing getting up and 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 uh, up and down out of a chair. You know what what? Or you ten, can use ten reps five times a day. I mean, how, how do you incorporate that? Well, we want people to start where they are, and okay. instead of giving them a, a range, we would ask them maybe in thirty seconds, how many chair stands can you do? Um, and we would do this movement pattern with their arms across the chest, okay. encouraging them to do so without pushing themselves up out of the chair. So yeah. they have their arms across the chair, um, across the chest, and then standing up and sitting down for thirty seconds and counting that. And that could be a way that they could benchmark their progress. And then maybe working through some movement patterns, doing some functional training, and then a month or two or six months later when they're ready to test again and just see how that is. 
Awesome. If they've improved. Awesome. Great advice. You're listening to the Husband World Senior Games Active Life, and we're visiting with certified coach and nutrition specialist Tiffany Gust about functional training and just incorporating kind of that that concept of, of functional training and functional uh, resistance training into your everyday life. Um, we talked about squats and getting up out of the chair. What are some other things that we can do to just incorporate this this concept of being able to function in the world into our daily training activities? Uh, well, you had mentioned the bench press, and uh, Jeff over here mentioned maybe just pushing yourself up out of, off the floor. Yeah, a, a push up is a very uh, common exercise that we like to have um, any any individuals at any age perform. Um, that can be performed on a wall if if they're maybe not quite as strong to start with. And then we could maybe move that exercise down to a counter. And then we could move that as they progress down to a, a bench or a chair and then move that down to the floor. So we're always finding ways that we can progress. And um, again, at the LiveWell Center, we're writing exercise prescriptions about every eight to 10 weeks so that we're encouraging our clients to move forward and to progress. And you can do that at home as well. I'd like to also point out the the floor or put yourself in a precarious situation that you may not be able to get out of. Absolutely. That's a good point. We have lots of equipment that we can use um, just in our homes or just something as simple as the bands. Awesome. And, And I think that's worth pointing out, Tiffany, you've referred to the LiveWell Center a couple of times, which is a tremendous resource that we have here in our local community. But for somebody listening outside of the area, these concepts are still available, whether you go to a professional or a trainer or even things that you can do at home, of course, with your doctor's permission and, you know, under under correct supervision there. But there's a lot of things you can do. You know, picking up a gallon of milk is resistance training. Standing up from a, from the couch is resistance training. Uh, push-ups, we can do those anywhere. As we said in the intro of the show, uh, Walking, you know, we can do these things Absolutely. no matter what, no matter where we're at or, or as you said, whatever fitness level we're starting at. I like the idea that you uh, commented on to the, 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 the concept of a benchmark. Um, I personally think that's, that's powerful, but how, how important is that to somebody who's trying to get started in a fitness routine? I think it's really important, and I think it's important for you to understand where you are when we, when you're starting, and you know honor and respect that, and then just move forward. Um, sometimes we see that um, a client may, as they're aging, they may not even be progressing. They may not be able to do more chair stands, or they may not be able to do something quite as long. But even still, because statistics show that we are losing muscle mass as we age, so if we're staying the same, we're actually benefiting from this exercise. So it's helping us so that we're not progressing. And so that's, again, it's about honoring and respecting where you are and then just trying to move forward to do just a little bit more, to try to do just a little bit more. I think that's such an important aspect to remember. Two things. One is starting where you are and just acknowledging this is where I'm starting, but it's my starting point, right? And that's okay. That's okay. And then also just little steps of progress, you know, just little pieces. Uh, You're not going to go from... I can now stand up from my couch to I'm going to run the St. George Marathon. You know, that does that is not a one-step process. Right. That's a many, 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 <laughs> many, many-step process. Uh, and maybe the marathon isn't even where you want to end up, but just incremental increases and, and small little steps I think are important. I think it's important to track, but I think it's important to celebrate as well. Absolutely. Celebrate along the way um, to help you uh, stay motivated and encouraged. So are there any resources that you're aware of out there that can give us an idea of what some benchmarks should be for a starting point? How can we assess where we are in relation to other people of the same age, for example? 
So uh, YMCA has um, different tests that you can perform and, and they can tell you how to do that online and they can also give you that normative data. So when we look at that normative data, we can compare ourselves to other individuals that are our same age and see what that ranking is. Um, do we need to work? Are we in the good category? Are we in the, the poor category? So there's a fine line with that. You know, I want people to um, not compare themselves to others when they're doing something. But on the flip side of that, we can see some value in understanding where we are in relationship to the normal data. Yeah. And, and uh, I totally agree. Comparing yourself to someone else is probably not healthy emotionally or physically or otherwise. But I do think that it's nice to know where you fit in that, that range of what is normal. You know, uh, you, you might be really hard on yourself, but you're actually above average. Or the the opposite might be true. You might think, "Oh, I'm doing great," and then come to find out you're you're lower than you ought to be, and there's some room for improvement there. Absolutely, so, we see that all the time. I think that normative data really mm-hmm. can be helpful, and you can find that at YMCA on their YMCA, website. YMCA, ASEM, American College of Sports Medicine. There's yeah, if you just um, can type in some normative data for a certain particular, or even just what are some fitness testing that they can, fitness assessments. Um, are are important. So, you know, even going into your community and and typing in fitness assessment and then your community, you might be able to find some resources that could help you out with that. Awesome. So when it comes to functional training, uh, let's talk a little bit about getting into the vocabulary even of what that means. What's the difference between isolated and compound exercise as it relates to this functional concept? That's a great question. So isolated would be using just a singular joint. So doing maybe an arm curl. Okay. Um, And that's a great exercise. But what we want to do is we want to engage more joints at the same time. So a lunge, we would be using uh, multiple joints there. And that's going to give us a more functional movement pattern. So, um, you know, lunges help us climb the stairs right? <laughs> and, you know, you've got tickets to the football game and they're at the very top the of the stadium. <laughs> yep. Climbing those uh, stairs to get to the top. Or so, a hike. Absolutely. You know, as, hiking. As we have some amazing yep, Just trails. climbing the stairs at work or just, you know, um, just those movement patterns of, of even just walking and stepping over different surfaces and things like that. So in this case, this, this might be a case of less is more or excuse me, more is more. So. Um, isolated is okay, but compound is better. Absolutely. So you you talked about lunge. Give us another example of a compound, um, exercise that, that works into this concept. So a hip hinge would also be, that's, that's basically a squat, but the hip hinge. So we're hinging the hip forward. The knees are also bending as well, just slightly. So we're using the hip joint and also the knee joint. Um, you could take that same movement pattern and add, uh, maybe an overhead press. So you were engaging the shoulders as well. And so what we want to do is we want to have you work in a safe environment where you are um, aware of your body in space and you understand these movement patterns before you actually add these um, compound exercises. Well, so, and even just getting simple, when I go walking in the mornings when it's dark, nobody can see me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do arm lifts and arm yes. raises while I'm walking, you know, swinging my arms big. Absolutely. And, and so it's improving my range of motion, but it's also exercising more joints, as you said, engaging Absolutely. more joints as I'm walking. Yep. And you getting have, your heart rate up more. Do you ever take weights with you and do it? That I, way I weigh or? enough. I don't need to carry anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Lifting those arms up, that's yeah. enough, right? That's, that is, that is. <laughs> you actually bring up a good point. So using your own body weight is a great way to... to um, strengthen your func- functional fitness. So, yep, just body weight exercises, so like we walking, said, lunges, walking lunges, walking Yep, exactly. Push ups. That's awesome. Sit ups. Burpees. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Those, those should be against the law. <laughs> Chin ups. 
Yeah. Pull ups. Like absolutely. there's all there's all kinds of body yep. weight exercises yeah. that we can and 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 should be doing. Uh, especially again as we're talking about this functional concept. And that concept is really just to enhance our everyday lives, you know, to help us enjoy life more. Honestly, a lot of what we've been talking about, we've kind of leaned maybe towards the more sedentary uh, beginner person. Uh, you mentioned at the beginning, Tiffany, that we did just finish the Huntsman World Senior Games and we had an opportunity to interact with about 11,000 athletes from all Amazing. around the world here at the Games. Let's focus in a little bit more on the athlete side. So you alluded to it earlier, um, but what can athletes be doing right now that can not only enhance their lives, but perhaps prepare them for that next competition? Absolutely. So athletes, uh, as they're moving from season to season, moving into off season, which uh, most of the athletes are going to be in their off season, um, a lot of times we just pull back and we just um, become take sedentary. a break, right? Yeah, we take a break. <laughs> I'm taking but this a break. is a great time to add those functional movement um, patterns, engage in some strength training, do some cross training. Your body's been doing the same movement pattern throughout your sports season. It's time to play a little and and to do some of those other different activities. For example, um, some of the planes of motion are forward and back. So uh, working in a sagittal plane, which is what I do. I'm a triathlete, so I do swim, bike, run. And all of those events are in that sagittal plane. So but what's sagittal mean? Sagittal would be forward and back movement. Okay, okay. Whereas a frontal plane would be side to side lateral. So okay. during my season, I'm not doing much training in the lateral. The lateral. Or, yeah, exactly. So I might want to try to engage in those types of activities, uh, maybe more of like the jumping jack or even if a sport, it would be like maybe pickleball. So just looking at those sports and as they relate together and kind of refreshing yourself and making sure that you are training in all the different planes of motion. I, I think that's really interesting and, and important. I think most of us probably get in a rut of staying in that same plane as you explained what that was. I know, um, you know, I, most of my stuff is forward and backward too. anything that I do. Uh, and on the times when I try to go lateral or to the side, I feel that like I, I'm not ready for that. And I need to, I need to incorporate that more into the things that, that I'm working on for sure. Awesome. Anything else that you would share with a, an athlete preparing for the the off season? I would say to celebrate, celebrate the season. Look at those things that you accomplished. Uh, look forward to that 2019 Huntsman Senior, Senior World Games and start setting your goals now. Getting ready to uh, decide what events you're going to do. Maybe stepping outside the box and trying a new event. And you're here. Why not uh, try out for? Um, you know, put yourself out there and get out of your comfort zone and try for a new event. Or maybe encourage your spouse to join you as well. And, and we see both of those things happen for sure at the games. And uh, and I think that that's such a great way to enhance not only your experience here at the games, but just your life in general. So now I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot. You mentioned that you're getting close to eligibility. <laughs> Have you taken a look at the list of sports that are available? I and have. I, I probably have a list of nine or ten sports that I would like to uh, to do maybe next year. And I understand there's some new events for next year as well. I'm I'm showing some interest in those as well. Yeah, we're, we're going to add pistol shooting as well as trail running to our repertoire of sports next year. And we're excited about those additions as well as the 30 other sports that we already offer. And fantastic. Tiffany, it's always great to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Kyle. We look forward to uh, having you back again and also watching you compete in the future at the Huntsman World Senior Games. Well, I think the whole world wants to come and watch you compete. That's that's what they're waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll sign up. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So, Jeff, before you know it, 
Thanksgiving is going to be here. Yes, it's only we two just had away. Halloween. Uh, Thanksgiving's next, Christmas right around the corner. New Year's is right after that. But there's a big day that comes right after New Year's That's Eve. right. That's right. Looking forward to the future, January 1st is when team registration for the Huntsman World Senior Games opens. So right. I know it seems like we just barely finished and it's a long ways away, but it's time to start thinking about it and time to get ready, especially for teams because our teams tend to fill up quickly. They do. So put that January 1st on your calendar. Uh, the next date that's important for us after January 1st is March 1st. Mm-hmm. That's when our athlete registration opens, so be aware of that. And then, of course, the big dates for the 2019 Huntsman World Senior Games. We want to make sure everyone knows that those dates will be October 7th through the 19th. And again, I know it feels like it's a long ways off, it but it'll be here before you know it. So put those on your calendar and prepare for them. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. You can also subscribe to our podcast pretty much anywhere that podcasts are found. Once you've subscribed, give us a rating and write a quick review. It really helps us spread the word. And you can find this as well as all of our previous shows right on our website at SeniorGames.net. So check that out. There's a lot of good information there. Jeff, our inspirational thought for the day. I can't wait. This one, oh, the, oh this, this is a good one. This mm. one comes from one of the greats. In fact, maybe one of the greatest. Okay. Serena Williams. Oh, as far as athletes go, yes. Yeah, one of the greatest, greatest. She says, a champion is defined not by their wins, but how they recover when they fall. That's so true. Until next Thursday, stay active. Bye, everyone. Bye.